1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. We're continuing this series on uh, faith and prayer. Austin left off last Wednesday talking about God's Word, the Bible. Uh, When Sue and I started out, there was great respect for the Bible across not just the church, but there was great respect for the Bible across the culture. And in churches across the land, people of God set themselves to study God's Word. But preachers have trained God's people to resent the Bible. How did they do that? Well, when the goats complained uh, about tithing or about any of the moral prohibitions in the Bible, uh, preachers gave in to the itching ear crowd and told people what they wanted to hear, which was pop psychology instead of the Word of God, that is the Bible. So for decades now, ministers have given the people what they wanted instead of what God has said. And the results, quite frankly, have been absolutely disastrous. Here at Faith Christian Center, we do everything in our power to grow this church. I think you realize that. We're smart people. We do everything we can to grow this church. But we teach tithing. And we teach right living. And we teach taking action on the Word of God. So Faith Christian Center is not only counterculture in the secular culture of the United States of America, but Faith Christian Center is counterculture to the American church culture. But when I do the annual Bible reading, I come across verses like these. Look at Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Who's talking here? Who's talking here? Jesus. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Psalm 119. I mean, do you really, do you really think those out of you out there in the virtual realm, do you really think you can hate God's word and go to his city? I mean, what are people thinking? They're not thinking. I mean, it's just, uh, it's amazing to me. And we're, we're doing everything we can to grow. But you understand, we're swimming upstream. Not just in the culture, but we're swimming upstream in the church culture. And it's the preachers that did this. Because if they had stood tall like Charles Haddon Spurgeon, if they had stood tall like John Wesley, if they had stood tall, well, we wouldn't be in in this uh, particular situation. And then how about this? Psalm 119.89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You have to understand, you understand God is not revising his moral code every three hours. I mean, what the H-E-L-L that Dr. Seuss was fine yesterday, but not today. I mean, really. I mean, I'm just astounded. And you have to understand, 
to this crowd, there's no more offensive book on the planet than the Bible. And I'm so happy that in our high school at St. Paul's, uh, Brave New Worlds required reading. You know, there's some rough stuff in that. So it's upper, upper grades, but then 1984 is required reading. How about this one? Fahrenheit 451. I read all these books in ninth grade English. Uh, but now they don't need to burn books because all they got to do is stop selling them on Amazon. But, you know, I came down here to let everybody know what you already know. I'm standing with the word. Amen. 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 So over these 47 years in the ministry, I've referred to what I call the overcoming lifestyle. What is the overcoming lifestyle and how do we live it? Well, by overcoming lifestyle, I mean that life sometimes hands us difficult situations. And being a Christian, even being a faith-filled Christian, does not make us immune from all trouble. I mean, the Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. But as people of faith, we don't quit, we don't complain, we don't go cry to the government with our hand out, hand held out like beggars. No, we go to God and to his word. Do you understand? Our only hope for eternity is the word of God, but our only hope to get a prayer answered here is the word of God. That's it. There's no other way. So we go to God in his word. We overcome every circumstance that life throws our way. And hence, we live the overcoming lifestyle by faith in God and in his word. So the pathway to success is easy, not hard, like so many people would have us believe. And the first key to living the overcoming lifestyle is to love God and his word first, to put God and his word first. Now, here's a scripture that's familiar to everyone who's been in this church for more than a few weeks. 1 John 5, 3, and 4. 1 John 5, 3, and 4. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, has, past tense. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So he says, this is love for God, to obey his commands. That's Bible. Tell your neighbor, deal with it. I mean, that, that's the word of God. I didn't write it. I'm the herald. I'm not the author. So this is love for God to obey his commands. And where do we find his commands? Talk to me. Where do we find his commands? In the word of God. And his commands are not burdensome. Why are his commands not burdensome? Well, because they lead to victory. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith in what? This is the victory that has overcome the world, Faith in even our faith. Faith in what? Well, faith in the Word of God, the Bible. Jesus said in Mark 8, 38, If anyone is ashamed of me and of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. I don't know about you, but I don't want the Lord to be ashamed of me and turn his back on me. And I'll tell you another thing, whenever the coming of the Lord happens, I don't want to be left behind. What does it mean to love the word of God? What does it mean to put the word of God first in your life? See, everyone who claims to be a Christian needs to meditate on and master the meaning of Psalm 119, 165. This changed our, changed our lives 30, 35 years ago. 
Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, thy word, and nothing shall offend them. You know, because we started out preaching the word of God, and then we moved to our first building, sec third Sunday of March, 1988. And when we moved to our first building up on I-30, third Sunday of March, 1988, of course, we had a lot of visitors. And uh, people were horrified that, you know, I was preaching the word, teaching the word. But uh, some way, somehow, this came to our attention and got cemented into our thinking. Great peace have they which love thy word, and nothing shall offend them. So who are these people get offended? Well, they, they, don't love, they don't love the word. And how can you love God and hate his word? Talk to me. How can you love God and hate his word? I mean, who gets offended at the preaching of the word of God, the Bible? Well, Satan does. I mean, who gets offended? And let me tell you something else. If you get your mind right on this, it'll help you so much in prosperity and success. You just have to ask yourself, who's against your prosperity? Satan and his crowd. And who's against your success? I had a man come to me. This was a while back now, but, you know, he, he, he was seeking my advice because he was uh, very successful where he was working, and I think he was consistently second in sales behind another guy that's a Faith Christian Center member. And... Uh, he was bewildered because he, he came to me and he said, Pastor, he said, I don't know what to do about something at work. And I said, what's that? He said, well, they're accusing me of being white, acting white. And I said, I mean, you have to understand the world I live in. I, I'm, I'm praying and I'm studying the Bible. I'm not like dialed into the culture. <laughs> so I said, I said, what are you talking about? Well, because... Uh, I don't cheat on my wife. I said, what? He said, yeah, they're accusing me of acting white. I said, that is not acting white. I said, that is acting Christian. I said, it doesn't matter what color you are. If you're a Christian, you don't cheat on your wife. But see how they've, they boil all this stuff down. If you disagree with them on anything, they'll call you one of two words, a racist or a bigot. And, and it's actually bullying, bullying to get people to submit to whatever they're selling. And the problem is you can't submit today because you don't know what they're going to be selling tomorrow. I mean, literally. Remember when they said we should all sigh a sigh of relief on the Supreme Court's ruling on same-sex marriage because that would be the end of it? Oh, my goodness, that wasn't the be end of anything. That was the beginning. Now they want us to acknowledge 165 genders. Who can keep track of all of this? So it doesn't matter what you acknowledge. It doesn't matter what you go along with. It doesn't matter what you knuckle under to. They're going to roll out something else tomorrow. 
And, and it just gets worse and more perverted and 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 worse and more perverted. There's no end to it. But I'm horrified at how many seemingly, supposedly Christian people, they just, they just go along with this and go along with that and knuckle under on this and knuckle under on that. It's just amazing to me. And, and really, I'm coming to the conclusion they're not believers. Because if you're a believer, you've got to ask yourself one fundamental question. By what standard am I going to be judged by? And if you haven't figured it out, this is, this, is the, this is a life lesson boiled down. This is an oversimplification, but here it is. You ready? You live, you die, you're judged. That's it. Now, you know, you might live 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90, but you live, you die, you're judged. That's it. And however great life is here, eternity is a lot longer. I don't care how long you live. I don't care if you're Methuselah and you live 969 years, eternity is longer. So actually, a thinking person would be mindful of stage three. You live, you die, you're judged. Of course, now we come to the root of it, they don't believe. They don't believe. And unfortunately, you know, Paul was spot on when he said the love of money is the root of all evil. I didn't understand a lot of what's going on until, until I read an article that Planned Parenthood is making tons of money prescribing these drugs to these children to stop puberty so that they can uh, pretend they're something else. It's about money. It is about money. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ruin a child for money. I'm going to wreck their chances for a normal life for money. I mean, what level of evil are we dealing with? But half the people are for this, and actually more than half in Tarrant County. And you understand a lot of that more than half in Tarrant County, they're members of some church somewhere. I, I watched Austin last Wednesday and I thought, you know, he was talking about the Bible. And this is the beginning and the end of it. It's about the Bible. I mean, really, look, I've been full gospel for 64 years now. And, and I like feeling the presence of God. I do, I do. I, as much as anybody, I like, I like his anointing. I like the feeling of being in his presence. But I can't live my life by that. See, my point is, what do we have but the Bible? Talk to me. What do we have but the Bible? And a lot of what they're promoting today... Only a few years ago, was listed as mental illness in the medical textbooks. So, 
whatever the world is selling, you can't go by that because it'll change by Friday afternoon. See, and this is why for the believer, we're called upon to stand with him and stand with his word and to not be ashamed. Well, you know, you're one of those, you know, Bible thumpers. No, I'm a Bible reader and I'm a Bible doer. I, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what that means to be a Bible thumper. <laughs> and so the words we want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Look up the word faithful. The word faithful means true to the original. So if I'm going to be faithful, that means I'm going to be true to the original. And if you read the four Gospels, Jesus didn't go around just making stuff up. Most of the time he was quoting. He was quoting from Isaiah. He was quoting from David. He was quoting from uh, the writings of Moses. And, And there's not one example, there's not one example in four Gospels of Jesus saying, well, Isaiah said, but I disagree. Jeremiah said, but he was wrong. Moses wrote, but you know, that's the law, so we can ignore that. There's not one example of that. See, we search the scriptures because in them we think we have eternal life. And Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So, What does it mean to love the Word of God? What does it mean to put the Word of God first in your life? Well, everyone who claims to be a Christian needs to meditate on and master the meaning of Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I mean, who gets offended at the preaching of the Word of God? Satan and his his crowd. And they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. What kind of people are going to make it? Look at Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay a hold of it. Forceful men. Not uh, wimps and sissies. Forceful, not confused individuals. Forceful men. One of the greatest, biggest, one of the biggest lies Satan has ever gotten people to believe is that it's too hard to serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is not hard. It's easy compared to living a life of servitude to sin. Say it out loud. The God life is the good life. And the God life is the easy life. So the pathway to success is easy, not hard, like so many people would have us believe. The first key to living the overcoming lifestyle is to love God and his word first and to put God and his word first. In my 47 years experience in preaching the gospel, I've learned this one simple fact. People who are offended by a strong word simply don't love God's word and they don't love God either. That's it. That's the simple truth of the matter. Well, pastor, so-and-so was offended. So what? Who cares? You know who else didn't like it? Uh, uh, Satan, Stalin, Mussolini, and Hitler. We're going to change for people who hate God? I'm asking you a question. Are we going to change for people who hate God? 
Are you, are you going to conform your life to make people happy or are going to hell? No. Now, why would we change our church? Why would we change our preaching? Why would we give up our anointing to accommodate people who don't love God's word and don't love God? You know as well as I do. I could come in here Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and I could ask for a show of hands of people that have been healed of cancer and there'd be two, three, four dozen hands go up. I'm going to give up power with God to make people happy that could be in hell tomorrow. And if it's not all real, and if God's not alive, and if the word of God's not true, who's been answering all these prayers? Talk to me. Who's been answering all these prayers? The truth is that much of the gospel preached in the modern American church has been watered down by sissy preachers. They were confused before confused was cool. But that's not what Jesus taught. David said of the word David said the word of God is perfect. Psalm 19:7. The law of the Lord, the word of God is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of, statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise and simple. Say it out loud. The law of God is perfect. The, law of God is perfect. the word of God is perfect. The word of God is perfect. Now, I realize I'm a smart guy. I realize that that uh, Basically, you have three languages in the Word of God. You have Hebrew, you have Greek, you have Aramaic, and they're translated over. And I am a smart guy, and I realize that uh, when they have found various scrolls, that uh, a certain verse might be in one scroll, not in another. So the Word of God, as it was delivered under the holy men of old originally, is absolutely, totally, 100% perfect. Now, a translation could be off. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you ought to buy the documentary. What's it called? The Case for Christ? Strobel? Is that his name? Yeah, you ought to buy it and read it. I mean, he was an atheist, but... And he was going to investigate. He was an investigative journalist, and he was going to investigate and prove the Bible was not true. And at the end of his journey, he became a Christian. Because there was more proof of the Bible than any any ancient book that had ever been written. So the law of God, the Word of God is perfect. If a person is a word rejecter, a Bible rejecter, even their prayers are detestable to God. Proverbs 28, 9. Proverbs 28, 9. If anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, to the word, even his prayers are detestable. What's happening is, while the secular culture is casting off restraint, and while the church is supposed to be salt and light for this old, dark, lost world, the church is also casting off restraint. And the cause, the reason is the church's rejection of the Bible as the word of God. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there's no revelation on the word, where there's no revelation on what God has said, 
the people cast off restraint. We love Isaiah 119, but who reads verse 20? If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat from the best of the land, verse 20. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. We love the first part of Hosea 4.6, but whoever reads the second part of Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. I'm just horrified. You know, I'm a simple guy, but I'm just horrified. I mean, just in recent weeks, the unbelievable damage done to the lives of preacher's kids because mom and dad apparently don't read the Bible and are not doers of the Word of God. The damage is not just among the lay people. It, it, the, damage, the damage is done, done among the sons and daughters of, of ministers because they ignore James 1.22, but be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And here Hosea says, if you ignore the word of God, God will ignore your children. I don't know about you, but I haven't been on this pilgrimage for 60 years for God to ignore my children. On top of all of this, we know that God gave us a success formula that's based on what? What would you guess God's success formula is based upon? His word, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, that is on the word, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all, not what you like, not what you like. Yeah, I don't like that, Pastor. Well, you know, Satan doesn't either. According to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Jesus said in both Matthew 15, 6 and Mark 7, 13, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And now people are nullifying the word of God for the sake of traditions that were invented this afternoon. <laughs> Jesus said in John 8, 37, I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. It's about the word. Tell your neighbor, it's about the word. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's about the word. It's all about the word. It's all about the word. And let me tell you what, it's worse than everything I'm saying tonight because you've got entire swaths of the body of Christ and they reject part of the word. You've got, you've got millions of believers supposedly in the United States of America and they totally and completely reject healing. You've got, you've got millions of other believers, supposedly believers in the United States of America, and they reject what the Word of God has to say about success and prosperity. I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Some of the people on social media that I like, I think they have common sense. They're conservative people. They seem to think like I do, but they are, they, they're totally and completely anti-prosperity. It's amazing. See, Satan's crowd is unified 24-7, 365. So 
you know, when it comes out, okay, we're going to cancel Dr. Seuss. I mean, they're for it 100%. I mean, it doesn't matter what brand of loon we're talking about. They, they stand together and they're for it. Whereas God's people are divided 100,000 ways. And they don't stand together on anything. It's amazing to me. I mean, and, and you know, I'm not a Joel Osteen promoter, but I know Joel. Who doesn't like Joel? <laughs> but it's this prejudice against success. It's a prejudice. Well, yeah, but, you know, they, he has too much money. Well, what the H-E-L-L do you think is going to happen when somebody literally built the largest church in, in, forget about Texas, forget about the United States of America, when somebody builds the biggest church on the continent, you think they're supposed to wear sandals and ride a donkey? <laughs> I mean, what the H-E-L-L -L is wrong with people? Come on, Pastor. That's right. But they, the exact same people, they got no problem with Gates telling you you shouldn't eat real beef. <laughs> Screw you. That's right. You know, they got, they, got no problem, they got no problem with Bezos canceling uh, Dr. Seuss. I mean... Come on. They, they don't mind. They don't mind some absolute anti-American, anti-Jesus, you know, God hater having billions and billions and billions, right. but they want to begrudge some preacher for having a few million bucks. That's right. That's right. And God's people fall for it. What do you think? See, that's it. Critical thinking is gone. One of our public school administrators, he, he's assistant principal at a school. He says, the curriculum is designed to eradicate critical thinking. That's it. It's like on the, you know, the brouhaha today over the masquerade ending in Texas. A anybody who actually reads knows that the states that did nothing have had fewer deaths per million than the states that did all kinds of things. And Florida, you know, has been nearly wide open for a year, and they have a better, they're, they're, they're 28th out of 50 states on deaths per million. But people, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Do they not read? Are they ignorant? Are they stupid? I mean, what is it? I don't know. But I know this. The further we get from the Bible, the further we get from the Word of God, the dumber we get as a culture and as a country. There's something powerful about God's Word. It is the most important book that has ever been held in human hands and it does more to build morality and it does more to build success and it does more to build prosperity than any book that has ever been written but they're coming after this right here and I got no vested interest in Dr. Seuss I mean you know what do I care but I know that it's an agenda and I know that it's headed somewhere It's all about the Bible. Tell your neighbor, it's all about the Bible. I mean, it's a war. It's a war on the nuclear family. 
That's really what this is all about. I'll tell you what it's all about. It's enmity between the serpent and the, the seed of Eve's womb. And if you, if you get married and you're happy and you have children and you're happy, they hate you. And what is it about this mask thing? You know, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Put a plastic bag over your head. Be real safe. <laughs> but why, what is this thing where they want everybody to do what they do or they're going to, like, create havoc for you? Christian people aren't like that, you know? This past Sunday, I didn't find out until yesterday, five people raised their hand at 9 o'clock. One walked the aisle. We don't fall out with people. We don't, tell, we, don't, we, don't, we don't chastise people. Who does that? Satan's crowd. Christian people aren't bullies. Come up, pray, we'll pray, and, and we're going to give you a book. You don't want to come? Don't come. You know, we're not bullies. But, but who are the bullies? Satan's people. And they, they want to bully you out of your healing. They want to bully you out of your success. They want to bully you out of your prosperity. Like that nice black man came to me and they were accusing him at work of acting white because he wouldn't cheat on his wife. Of all the stupid things. I told him, I said, that's not acting white. That, that's acting Christian. I said, their real beef with you is you're acting like a Christian at work and, and you're, you're, you're consistently at the top of the ranks and the sales and, and they're mad about it. Because if you're a Christian and you act like a Christian, well, you ought not have anything. You ought to be at the bottom rung on sales. You know, the Philistines envied Isaac. That's the realm we, we are headed to at Faith Christian Center. Your job in success and prosperity is not done until the Philistines envy you. That's where we're headed. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the Bible tonight. Jesus said, Mark 8, 38, I'm going to read two more verses, and then I'm going to break this in half. So you're going to come back next Wednesday, and I'm going to hit you again about the Word of God. So tell your neighbor, it's all about the Word of God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's all about the Bible. John 8, 37, I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. You have no room for my word. It's in the week of increase, but when the Roman soldiers came and reported that the tomb was empty. The religious leaders bribed them, bribed them, bribed them 
to say that Jesus' disciples came and stole the body, bribed them. The love of money is the root of all evil. So every Saturday in every synagogue, they're teaching children that the disciples stole the body. He didn't rise from the dead. The tomb wasn't empty. They're teaching the result of a bribe. How many millions have gone to hell over the denial of what the word of God records? And in Paul's day, there were more than 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it was all, it was all based in a lie and it was all based in a bribe. See, Satan wants to control the money. That's my point. Satan wants, as long as these giga billionaires control the money, nobody's got a problem with that. But why do they have a problem with you succeeding in your business, your home, your family? Why do they care about you getting a million or two or three or four or five? Because money is a tool to keep people down. And we just need to get our minds right on this because we look to the Lord. We look to the Lord. We look to the Lord. Not to man. Not to man. And I think people don't even realize the extent to which this congregation walks in the power of God. Say it, tell your neighbor, it's not just Pastor Gene. It's not just Pastor Gene. This congregation, this congregation walks in the power of God. I mean, we paid this place off last year, and we didn't, we didn't take a nickel from the government. We have never taken a nickel from the government. Amen. We didn't borrow anything from them. Didn't fill out any paperwork. Because we, we don't look to man, we look to the Lord. We look to the Lord based on what? We look to the Lord based on what? The Word of God. It's frightening. I told the Lord, I don't remember, I think it was Sunday morning, I said, look, I don't, I don't mean to tell you your business. But I said, it seems to me that rapturable people, the number of rapturable people in the United States of America is going down by the minute. But he reminded me that the big harvest is not going to be coming out of North America. The big harvest is going to be coming out of China and Africa. See, how many of you understand he is shrewd? He is, there's no one, there's no one as sharp and as shrewd and as wise and as discerning as Almighty God. So he is going to, he's going to send Jesus to collect his church at the maximum moment of harvest. Amen. Amen. But it's frightening to me because in these United States, the number of rapturable people, that's not a word I coined that, uh, <laughs> the, the number of rapturable people is going down by the minute because people are rejecting the word. Let me ask you a question. Let's see how, many, uh, how you would do in Bible trivia. When Jesus shows up riding that white horse in the book of Revelation, 
What is the name written on him? The Word. The Word. Now, I'm not talking about the rapture at that point. That's the coming of the Lord. See, now right here, I'm going to step into it. This world out here does not fear God. And he's going to give them a seven-year lesson on fearing God. And, and nowhere in the book of Acts, doesn't matter what scrolls or vials or bowls are opened or poured out, they, the book of Revelation never records one time where man repents. And at the end of seven years, the word returns riding a horse and he's going to kill them all. And the Bible records that their blood is going to flow to the horse's bridle. Well, that's just totally offensive. Well, of course, it's the Bible. We're talking about a very offensive book here tonight. And if you think that's offensive, just wait till you bust hell wide open. I mean, that, I mean, my God, you know, no American Civil Liberties Union, no court-appointed attorney, uh, no purgatory, nobody burning candles to get you out. I mean, it, it, you walk through a door, and the door shuts behind you, and there's no means of escape, not forever. Somebody might say, wow, what does this have to do with faith and prayer? Because if you reject his word, even your prayers are detestable. Now, I'm not saying you got to go to work tomorrow and be offensive. But if they ask you, you know, what about this or what about that? You know, there's no, there's no rule or law says you have to talk to donkeys at work. Just say, you know, I'm working. I, I, I'm not, we're, not gonna, we're not holding a Sunday school lesson here. You have to be as wise as serpent and as harmless as doves because they're looking for a reason to hand you over to the tormentors and human resources. <laughs> and Jesus said, Mark 8, 38, if anyone is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give up the ability to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give up the, the power with God to speak to the mountain and see the mountain move. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to knuckle under. I'm not going to roll over. I'm not going to bend the knee. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This thing of answered prayer, brothers and sisters in the Lord, is completely addictive. When you can go to God and you learn how to pray and you get an answer, it is a life-changing experience. When you go to God and, and you need a miracle, and I try and live my life to where I don't need miracles, but I have needed a miracle on occasion. My God. 39 years ago, Sunday, when Austin was in the womb, 
he was in the wrong position and the doctor was so nice and so kind and you know Sue had a preconceived idea of the way it was all supposed to happen and, and that doctor worked with Austin and worked with her and you know and uh, but then he went into distress and it, it was too many minutes it was too many minutes by the time they got him out, it was too many minutes. They hit that red button on the wall. All kinds of extra doctors and nurses rushed in. I must not have looked so great. Some kind nurse walked me down the hall and sat me down in the cheap vinyl sofas near the Coke machines, and I sat there. By and by, I heard baby crying but but that night that night that night that pediatrician came in the room and he had his chart and he had his statistics and he said it was too many minutes it was too many minutes it was too many minutes he's going to be a vegetable you need to sue was out she was still unconscious he said you're going to have to you're going to have to start looking tomorrow you're going to have to warehouse this child he'll live but he'll be a brain-dead vegetable all the days of his life. Thank God. I'm a believer. Amen. And I'm not a doubter. Amen. And I was able, because Sue's out. But I was able to look up to my gracious, wonderful, beautiful, forgiving, wonderful, heavenly Father and walk right into the throne room of God in the name of Jesus and plead my case. Sue never even knew what that pediatrician said until years later I used it as an illustration in a sermon in the hotel. And at lunch she said, you never told me that. I said it wasn't worth repeating. That's right. And he stands here and ministers the word of God, got an earned doctorate from one of the toughest seminaries in the world. Amen. He doesn't have a peer. There, I, don't know of a, I don't know of a peer of Austin Lingerfeld on the planet. How many 39-year-olds do you think are on the planet who were personal friends with Dr. T.L. Osborne? That's what God will do when you stand with his word. Amen. That's what God will do when you are faithful to the original. Amen. That's what God will do. He'll answer prayers. He'll raise the dead. He'll heal the sick. He'll open blind eyes, open deaf ears. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. But when you go with these God-haters and these Bible-rejectors, everything is impossible, and that's why they're slaves to the government. Because they, they made government their God. I put you in remembrance that the government couldn't get you toilet paper last year. How, how in the world is the government going to heal your body 
or do anything for you when they can't get you toilet paper during a pandemic. But this one we serve tonight, he is high and lifted up and his glory fills the temple. But we are the temples of God now. God lives in us and his glory and his power and his presence fills our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when we approach him in faith and prayer and we go before him in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and when we make our case to him based on his word, he hears us and if we know that he hears us, we know that he has answered us and we know that we have asked, we have received what we have asked of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we have power with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We do not walk this earth as other men do. And what was said of them in the Faith Hall of Fame, I say is true of us at Faith Christian Center. The world is not worthy of us. And we will soon be out of here and they will not miss us because we are nothing but a thorn in their side and and a slowdown to their agenda. But we stand with him. We stand with our Lord. We stand with our Savior. We stand with our Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't worship the sun and the moon and the stars, but sometimes I go out there early in the morning and I lift up my eyes and I lift up my hands and I say, this is the day the Lord hath made and I will rejoice in it. I lift my I look up into the heavens and I say that's the one I serve the one who set all of those stars into place and and they're all there and all all the gravitational forces of all the stars and everything is set perfectly in motion I mean how in the world does Halley's comet come on schedule every time it comes because God God the the master of the universe set all of that up there in the heavens and all the cross gravitational forces and everything that causes everything to work just perfectly everybody losing their minds over a snow and a freeze I told my family it's Texas it'll change momentarily hallelujah and we know it'll change because our God set these seasons in motion Hallelujah. The same God that set those stars is the same God that gave you your immune system. I would, I would much rather trust my immune system than Dr. Actually, I was going to say I would much rather trust my immune system than Dr. Fauci. Actually, I'd rather trust Dr. Seuss than trust Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, You are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, 
call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.